become misfortune. Hey guys, welcome to episode 25 of Macabre Misfortunes. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. Tracy, there have been several tragic accidents in Hollywood while working on movies. And some of these have brought on some changes and and new safety procedures. Or in some cases, even safety procedures with animals. And we're going to talk about how they even brought about a position of people to be on the set to ensure that humane treatment to animals was handled the proper way. that absolutely needs to be done. Some of these tragedies are pretty well known, and a good example of that would be the recent accidental shooting on the set of Alec Baldwin's movie Rust in October of 2021. That's when a prop gun fired by Baldwin actually shot a live round, killing Helena Hutchins. Mm. Horrible. This isn't the only mishap involving a prop gun in Hollywood. Most will also remember that Brandon Lee, son of Bruce Lee, was also killed in a prop gun accident in 1994 on the set of The Crow. In this particular case, in an effort to cut costs and save money, they got rid of the expert in charge of the prop guns on the set. They had somebody that was in charge of all that, and they decided, hey, we don't need that person anymore. And a live round somehow. It wasn't like a live round, like a, a true bullet, but it was like the head of a bullet that was still lodged, and then when it put the blank in, it still fired it out. Mm. So, then the damage was done. Then, of course, you had the helicopter accident that killed Vic Morrow and two children in 1983. That was on the set of Twilight Zone, the movie. Now, this was tragic for a couple of reasons. First of all, the child actors were hired under the table. Oh, no. And their parents were not informed of exactly what they would be doing on the set. They knew they were going to be actors in the movie, but they were literally out in the water with a helicopter over top of them and explosions going on around them. Why would their parents not ask? Well, I mean, I guess they just, they they were probably foreign and didn't speak English. Oh, that's awful. I mean, like I said, they were hired under the table, so, you know. But in this particular scene, the helicopter was hovering about 25 feet above Ground level, mm-hmm. right? Or the water in this case. And Vic Morrow and the children were right below it. Well, some of the pyrotechnics went off. And when they did, one of them was a little too close to the helicopter. And it caused the helicopter to basically go straight down and crash into the water. And it landed on top of Vic Morrow and the two children oh. actors. And it killed all three of them. Wow. And it's uh, strange because in the movie, I mean, all that's still there. I mean, th- that was at the end of the movie. It was like one of the final scenes. So they, they didn't were... cut any of that out? I mean, I don't, I can't remember if you can actually see all that. But I mean, these actors are all still in the movie. Oh. Because, you know, they were able to, you know, 
edit it all together at the end because they were already at the end. They'd already shot all their scenes except that one. Wow. No charges were brought about in that case, but it did lead to a bunch of new safety regulations in the film industry. It's amazing how many times in some of these movies, these film crews shoot scenes and they had not gotten permission to be wherever they were shooting. Mm. A perfect example was the filming of Midnight Rider in 2014. This was supposed to be a film about the life of Greg Allman. Oh, okay. And eventually it would be canceled and never even be released. And all because of this. The movie was being filmed in Wayne County, Georgia. And the higher-ups decided to shoot a scene on a train trestle that they did not have permission to be on. It was an active train trestle. Oh, no. Shortly after shooting a dream sequence scene, a train came by and struck and killed second assistant camera person Sarah Jones. Investigations led to charges against several involved with the film. It also led to the safety for Sarah movement, which would give more serious attention put on uh, the safety of film crews. I just don't know why people would take these chances like that. I don't either. Now, most of most of the ones we just covered are, are pretty well known. You, you might have been one or two you wouldn't as familiar with or maybe didn't know about, but they're pretty well known. I wanted to cover some that you may not be as aware of. Tracy, have you seen or heard of the movie Pleasantville? Yes. Remember how Reese, Reese Witherspoon yes. and mm-hmm. Jeff Daniels shot kind of in black and white? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get into the film industry, as we all would know. You've got people that wait tables and everything else just to, to get their opportunities. Therefore, when people do get their shot, whether it be behind the scenes or actually acting, they don't usually complain because it's like, hey, whatever it takes to get there, I just want to work on a big film. Long hours are exactly what's expected, but sometimes this can lead to deadly consequences. Brent Hirschman was a camera operator on the set of Pleasantville. He was driving home one night after a 19-hour workday. He fell asleep at the wheel and died after crashing his car. Oh, man. This did lead to a wrongful death suit against a production company. His fellow crew members launched a petition to limit workdays to 14 hours, but they were unsuccessful. This highlighted a real issue, and you would have thought that it probably would have made the industry pay attention to the seriousness of the of the situation, but this is still an issue that unions fight even today. Yeah, but how how do they think that they're going to get the best out of anybody that works for 19 hours? Well, I mean, that has I, to be exhausting. And the, the point I'm getting out of this is don't be a daggone cameraman because it seems like they're all the ways the ones that are, you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, a lot of actors and stuff put in 14, 15, 16 hour days too. I mean, it depends on the scenes. It depends on, you know, if they've got to shoot something at nighttime, so they got to get it all in while it's dark. It well, depends I mean, I, on... I get that, but it seems like it can make take breaks or like, especially if you're, if it's like an active movie, like there's a lot of action packed stuff. I think the problem is with a lot of these things, there's a, there's a budget involved and time is of the essence. So the longer they go, the more budget gets ate into. And I think the production companies or the, uh, 
you know, the, you know, the big time movie outfits out there. I think they put the pressure on them to get it done as quick as possible. Mm, that's a shame. So, because you got to remember, some of these people are getting paid the salary of, you know, hey, you're getting $15 million for doing this movie, but other people are just getting paid by the hour. Mm-hmm. So, Tracy, a lot of us watch reality TV, and most of us have probably seen the TV show Cops. Yes. Well, you may or may not realize there was a tragedy involved with Cops, and I'm going to tell you about it right after this quick break from our sponsor. All right, Tracy, so when it comes to Cops, usually you're going to see some car chase scenes, maybe a chase on foot. Sometimes I just got somebody pulled over, and they're kind of searching their car while the yeah. person's outside. Well, in 2014, there was a shootout that occurred when a man was trying to rob a Wendy's restaurant in Omaha, Nebraska. And during the course of this shootout, sound man Bryce Dion was subsequently accidentally shot and killed by an officer. Oh, my gosh. It resulted in a lawsuit against the city of Omaha, which was later dismissed. Oh. So. That's awful. Yeah, so he was just wrong place, wrong time. Man, unfortunately. Oh man. I mean, you know, if you think about that, that has to be scary for cameraman. I mean, they're having to try to keep their focus on what they're shooting, and I mean, I'm sure it's hard to keep the uh, your surroundings, you know, on your mind as well. And I don't, I mean, I I feel like they work just as hard as. You know, the people that are actually in the film, just like we was watching Dogs of Bounty Hunter the other day, and daggone those cameramen, they was running and trying to follow them, and that fell in a daggone, like, ditch or whatever because mm-hmm. they had their cameras pointed up. And, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's a dangerous job. This next one we're going to talk about did not in, result in a death, but it very well could have. Michael J. Fox was shooting a scene on the set of Back to the Future 3. Mm-hmm. Let me just say that the fact that there was a Back to the Future 3 should be the real tragedy here. Oh, stop. Not what happened. <laughs> but <laughs> Not anyway, a fan? Anyway, in the scene, Marty McFly, played by Michael J. Fox, was supposed to be hanged in the scene. So the guy... Kind of grabs him. Uh, he's on a horseback. He takes off. Michael J. Fox is holding the rope. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of, you see him dragging along. Well, then the guy grabs him but decides, you know, hey, there hadn't been a hanging here in years and he's going to hang him. So oh, dang. just tie him by the neck and then throw the rope over the beam and then just start pulling it and pulling Michael J. Fox up. Well, they take a lot of precautions, safety precautions when they do these kind of things for the movie. And a lot of times you'll see them wearing like a harness around yeah. their shoulder and it's not really on their neck. Yeah. But that wasn't the case here. And when they got Michael J. Fox pulled up, he actually lost consciousness for consciousness for a few seconds before fellow crew members actually noticed and came to his rescue. Whoa. Is so, that, are you saying because the rope was too tight? Yes, it was actually <gasps> strangling him. Oh, Lord. How horrible. So that was one that, that didn't result in death. But Thank that gosh. very easily could have been if somebody wasn't really paying and attention. Paying attention, exactly. So you know that movie sets with animals today, there always has to be a representative from the Humane Society on the set. Mm-hmm. Do you ever wonder what led to that? Well, I'm sure something horrible. Well, I'm getting ready to tell you. In 1936, the film industry was still pretty new, so there wasn't really much in the form of legislation of any kind, especially not for animals. 
So some questionable actions were gotten away with for the sake of realism, just in making stuff look real. In the movie Charge of the Light Brigade, the very end climactic scene, it featured the cavalry. They were on horseback, and they were charging into cannon fire against the opposition. Well, of course, for the scene, many of the horses would need to fall in uh, response to being shot by cannon fire. Right. Okay? Well, in order to portray the horses falling due to the cannon fire, a tripwire was placed across the battlefield. These horses ran into these tripwires at full speed. Obviously, these horses and the men on them took horrific spills. This resulted in 125 horses being tripped with 25 dying <gasps> in the oh, process. Surely they that I guess they thought that wasn't going to happen. I don't I don't know if they I don't know if they even thought it through. The blatant disregard for the animals led to public outcry, and Congress actually passed a bill to ensure that animals' safety in a future film. Now, the following year, um, and I'm going off memory here, there was another movie to where a horse was sent down like a ravine, Mm -hmm. uh, down a cliff by itself, and uh, that that is what caused the Humane Society to actually op- open an office in Hollywood. And, uh, Those poor animals. Is it wrong to say that when you see a film or something like that and the animal falls and gets hurt and the, uh, the person on it does too, I feel more sorry for the horse? No, I think a lot of people are like that. They're animal people. Yeah. That's so sad. All right, so that finishes our tragedies in Hollywood, but I've got our fact of the day, and it's actually another tragedy, but it's a tragedy of a different sort. Okay. So that fact of the day is, like I said, another Hollywood tragedy. John Wayne's movie, The Conqueror, was filmed in 1956. In the movie, John Wayne plays Genghis Khan. Mm -hmm. If you've never seen this movie, don't. Oh, no. It's horrible. It's actually listed as one of the worst movies of all time. Really? Yeah. First of all, John Wayne, he's got the wardrobe on of Genghis Khan, and he's got his eyebrows and stuff fixed, so he kind of looks Asian. But he talks the same way he does in every other movie. He's got no... He doesn't try to do a Chinese accent. (laughs) So he's speaking English, and he's speaking just like this. Yeah. So it's like... He probably tried to do it, and he just couldn't. He's like, I'm John Wayne, damn it. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it my way. Yeah. Anyway, so this was, was a horrible movie. It was made by Howard Hughes. Oh, no kidding. He's the one that had it done. He spared no expense on it. But he would soon regret this. And I mean, he literally regretted it for the rest of his life. After this movie was made, after some of the problems it started having that we're going to discuss, he actually tried to even get it taken down from anywhere that was even playing. He felt so bad about it. So here's the problem. First of all, like I said, it was a horrible movie. But that was the least of the film's problems. Most of this film was shot near St. George, Utah. It was downwind from a Nevada nuclear test site. Oh, lordy, lordy. Film crews had mentioned some concerns Mm -hmm. about, hey, uh, you know... That's a little too close. That's a little close. It's a nuclear test site. Could be some issues. But the government said that there was nothing to worry about. 
Oh, so the government said it, and so that was okay. Yeah, the government's out. Mm -hmm. Worried about nothing. Don't worry about it. Even more, production actually shipped shipped 60 tons of the dirt back to Hollywood. So if they had to do some reshoots, they could make it look like that. Long story short, several of the actors had radiation exposure that eventually led to their deaths from cancer. Oh, wow. The case led to the Radiation Exposure Act. So, yes, this was a major problem. And like I said, several, I mean, John John Wayne died of cancer. He died of lung cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and he smoked like literally four packs of cigarettes a day, oh, from really? my understanding. So, that probably had that, more to do with it than the radiation. Well, yeah, but plus the radiation, I'm sure, didn't help. But so. there were several <laughs> actors and several crew members that developed cancer shortly after no kidding. this movie. And, and that's why Howard Hughes felt so bad about it. Yeah. Wow, that's terrible. So anyway, there's a little, little kind of a different episode today. Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. different kinds of tragedies. Yeah, but very interesting. I thought it would be kind of cool to cover some. Yeah, yeah. That's a shame. And, um, you know, and to think that these people do all this stuff for our entertainment. Yeah, and I mean, in like in that situation, I mean, who would have ever thought that that location would have been, you know. But I mean, out of any place in the United States that could have shot that, they chose right, right downwind from a nuclear mm. test site. Well, what can you do? Um, die of radiation poisoning? Oh, yeah, that's, that's what true. a lot of them did. So. Yeah. Anyways. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. We love you.